Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. It's time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 164. We're recording this live January 10th, 2014. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as always, take it away. Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association in Toronto and uh, excited to uh, get into uh, yet another week of uh, great stories in the location world. They are. We are packed with stories again this week. Jam-packed. Jam, 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 jam-packed. I, got, I, have no, I, I might have a couple of complaints. I got a great recommendation on a book. Saw an amazing movie over the weekend. So, but before we get into any of the stories and all that stuff, the personal stuff aside, uh, Asif, uh, what's going on with the Location-Based Marketing Association? Well, there is lots. Um, we've got uh, three events coming up uh, later this month. And so the first is on the January the 15th in New York City. Uh, the New York chapter is hosting uh, an event called the Location Innovators Retail Roundtable. So this is uh, sort of on the tail end of uh, NRF uh, Retail Week, uh, the big show in New York. Uh, so... Um, great event. We've got you know Gary Schwartz is going to be there, and Jonathan Treber from RevTrax, and it's at the Associated Press. And we've got um, Jason Newport from Carrot, uh, the agency. Uh, a bunch of great people on on this panel. So uh, except Duncan McCall is going to be there as well. So like lots of great people. Uh, excited about that. Uh, and then so that's the 15th in New York, and then on the 29th uh, in Atlanta. There's a, an event featuring um, Jonathan Stephen from JetBlue Airlines and Lisa West from um, Intercontinental Hotel Group. And then on the following day, the 30th, uh, which is the Thursday, we're having a, a meetup of the Toronto chapter. Uh, and that's sort of on location-based measurement and analytics. And so lots going on. Uh, you know, we're back into it. It's a new year and <laughs> crazy, crazy times. Did you ever stop? A little bit. Maybe, you know, like when we had the power outage, I was, I was out for like, you know. <laughs> Three days. So. No way, man. You were on your phone the whole time. There's no way. You're out, you're out in the car charging your phone and, and using it. I knew it. I know it. Right. Well, I have, I have but one small thing, and it's, it's miles away, but I'm very excited to talk about it. It's actually DX3. Uh, last okay. year, I had a small part in DX3. Uh, spoke at Android TO in the, uh, I guess, early winter of 2013. And uh, they've asked me to come back and do a little bit more at DX3. So I'll be speaking at 10 a.m. I'll be kicking off the mobile track uh, for DX3 on March 5th in Toronto. I know it's a long way away, but you know, plans, you got to get your tickets. If you're coming from overseas just to see me, that's great. Yeah. But DX3, March 5th. I still have to convince my wife that it's her birthday, March 4th, and I have to leave that night, so it's not going to go over very well. It's just not yeah, go. in the following week, you and I are both going to be uh, in uh, Austin at South by Southwest. Which for, is perfect. Uh, for all of that activity, and we're doing our own LBMA event there on the uh, March the 9th, so uh, oh yeah. God. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, I'm going to miss her birthday, and then uh, then that's March break. So this is yeah. a clear path to divorce for me. This is it. i got yeah. two months left of marriage. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. 
All right. <laughs> All right. Before we get into the stories, we've got six great stories. We've got our app of the week, which is very good for you road warriors to go to one location or multiple locations. This is a very good application for you guys. Our guest this week is Lawrence Coburn of Double Dutch. It's been a number of years since we've had him on the show. We brought him back to talk about what he's been up to. Of course, our resource of the week. But we're going to start with our mobile minute with Chuck Martin. He's just back from CES. He spent a week in Las Vegas soaking up the heat because he's from boston and uh any anytime you get to get out of the winter from anywhere on the east coast at this point is great so he's in vegas and he is talking to us about the connected car and how that plays into location-based marketing and commerce so here chuck martin with our mobile minute welcome back everybody to another mobile minute chuck how does the car fit into location-based marketing and commerce? Well, the car, like, uh, like, like everything mobile and internet, is kind of everywhere. And what we saw at CES was that Chevrolet made a major announcement in an in introduction of their AT&T wireless service so that starting in uh, 2000, uh, next year, they're basically going to have all Chevys going to be wired essentially on the network with AT&T service. So uh, the CTO of OnStar spent some time with there and he was talking about how basically how they you can bring a, a phone into the car and then basically the car is another device on the network. So people are going to start to look at the car as uh, I'm, I've got a shared data plan on my plan. I've got my tablet, my smartphone and my Chevy. Uh, so they're really kind of looking at it at it that way. And what I'm looking at is this is an obvious intro to commerce or, or mobile commerce, literally, and no pun intended, where you're going to be able to be doing things on the car like, like Priceline, which they showed some apps for that right now, that you can order things, Fandango. And you can basically, on your car dashboard, uh, start to buy things, and that'll be all integrated with your phone. So we're looking at, at mobile commerce really coming into the vehicle, not just on a smartphone, because it's much easier to do it through voice. You've got Nuance working with the auto manufacturers, for example, that, that does Dragon and Siri for iPhone. With those companies like that can actually have people talking to their cars, buying things, and have the transaction basically executed later on a smartphone or tablet. How do you think that proximity plays into this around things like movie tickets or around hotel rooms like we talked about uh, with Priceline? Does that play into this or is it just generic stuff that we're going to be able to interact with and buy from the from the car? Well, it's most likely going to be a lot of it's going to be location based because that location awareness is really critical in all of this. And the, the companies that will totally screw up in this will totally miss that. Uh, they, they'll they'll be doing this general stuff as you mentioned, and they'll not be taking advantage of, of location, which means the information that's that they're trying to get a consumer to buy is going to be totally irrelevant. Chuck Martin, ladies and gentlemen, and that is the mobile minute. That comes out five times a week. It's on on tether.tv or you can subscribe, obviously, to the podcast. It's only video, only available on iTunes, but you can go and subscribe there. If you want it on another platform, reach out to me, Robin on tether.tv, and I will give it to you. Gladly give it to you, but five days a week. If you find that valuable, please do that. Thank you, Chuck, for doing it with me every week. And thank you for allowing us to use it on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Our first point of business here, our app of the week, you should know this road warriors rejoice fresh skivvies when you get into town 
Yeah, you know, I came across the service. I mean, you know, as I think everybody who watches this show knows that I travel like no. a crazy man. No. Um, and I think, you know, I came across this service. It's not even so much an app as a service. I mean, there is a mobile component to it, but it's called PacNada, P-A-C-K-N-A-D-A, as in pack nothing, uh, nada. Um, and uh, <laughs> so it's witty. really interesting. It. So basically what you do, uh, and it's really for, for those who travel to the same place over and over again. So instead of you packing that suitcase and like getting in line, you know, at, you know, at the uh, you know the baggage scanners and all that kind of stuff, you can skip all that. You don't have to bring anything with you as far as you know clothing and toiletries and all that kind of stuff is concerned. So what happens is is you you go on your first trip and you bring your luggage with you. You bring your you know your your suitcase with you of stuff, and then when you get there, you do your you, you do your work, uh, and then when you're leaving, you just leave your stuff there. And this service basically takes it and they like get all your clothes laundered and, and, and washed up for you and get everything and then they store it away. And then so when you when you're coming back the next on your subsequent next trip, all your stuff's sitting there waiting for you. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I, you know, it's, um, as I said, if you're, if you're like a, a person who travels to the same place over and over again, it makes sense, right? Why not leave, you know, a set of, uh, of clothes or a couple suits or whatever it is, you know, in that place, you know, and instead of having to lug that stuff back and forth all the time. It's only available, uh, from what I gather, it's, it's in beta. It's only available if you're traveling to Singapore now. Is that uh, what it looks like? But it, 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 uh, this is one of those great things. I, I don't even know what it costs. But for, for me, I, I love this as a service for people who, who are just, I was telling you that we were in Washington. There was a woman who got into the, to the shuttle with me as we were going on the way to the conference center. And she didn't even have to say anything. She just said, hi, Bill, the driver's name, whatever his name was. And he responded and dropped her off without mm -hmm. saying anything. And, and I asked, like, obviously, she comes here very often. He's like, he's, she's been here every week for six months. And uh, yeah. that's a perfect service for her, right? You know, clothes get cleaned and uh, and are ready and available and waiting for when she arrives. Uh, so, pack yeah. Nada, I like it. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, it is Singapore, um, um, but I, I think you know from the way their site structure, it looks like they're like looking to expand this to other cities. So, wouldn't be surprised if this thing took off and uh, you know was all over the place. Well, it's just, uh, it, and if they don't do it, somebody will. Yeah, I'm thinking that Uber will get into this. Yeah, why not? Deliver me some clothes, Uber. They're delivering all kinds of stuff, so I might as well deliver clothes too. Deliver clothes, prostitutes, what? What? Drugs? Oh, yes. Terrible. Speaking of prostitutes, Rob. Oh, yes. We're jumping into our stories. Our first story, Asif. Yep. Oh, my goodness. So there's this uh, condom brand. We talked about booze and pot last week, and now we're going to go right into what does the combination of booze and pot, ye sinners, lead to? The sexual intercourse, right? Yes. It's a little awkward, I know. If you're listening to it, it's awkward for Asif and I to talk about this as well. So <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's very awkward. But there's an Indian condom company that's from India, a condom company called Score. S-K-O-R-E. Score. I do love the name. That's a great brand name. It is. It is pretty much. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And, and uh, their slogan is, there's a lot to be won. Yes. Score. So this is a condom company in India. They have launched... Uh, an Android-based location, an Android-only location-based app that does two things. One, I think it gives you sex tips, <laughs> right? <laughs> which is, which I just picture, you know, sex tips. So it is very nice, very nice. Um, and and uh, where to buy score condoms. So if you are in a uh, predicament, shall we say, where you uh, the one that's in your wallet has expired, or you are without. 
this, you can actually launch the application and find the nearest place where you can score some score condoms. Yes. This is fascinating. First of all, <laughs> India. India, a country, uh, you know, a, a massive overpopulation. Uh, I, I, this is one of these social things that I think is amazing that they're, that they're doing this. But it just, it just strikes me as an odd, uh, an odd pairing. Um, excuse me. <laughs> I have to interrupt this heavy petting session so I can check my app to yeah, find out yeah. where I can find a condom. And then, excuse me, I'll be, I'll be back in 15. Okay? <laughs> Stay right yeah. here. Well, no, what they need is, so first of all, this is only available at the moment in, in Mumbai. Yes. Uh, so it's not all across India at Thank the moment. Thank God. Yes. Uh, Android only, as Rob pointed out, it's uh, it's absolutely, you know, find the closest store that carries uh, score condoms near you. Um, yeah. And, and then there's this whole database of, you know, all the varieties that they sell and, um, you know, explanations on how they can be helpful in particular situations, it says. And so um, it's got like, you know, um, uh, collect, uh, it, says, it says here, the app also contains a collection of various positions for the adventurous kind. Love it. Love, Love it. it. Right? Love it. I'm so, going to huddle um, around my app. <laughs> Look for some condoms. There's a lot going on here. Uh, there's a lot going on here. Hopefully, there's um, health educational information uh, tied into this. No, nope. uh, as nope. as well. I didn't see any of that. And um, yeah, interesting. Very it's like interesting. I, I see the kneeling wheelbarrow, the fantastic rocking horse, and the Catherine wheel. Um, and uh, then there's a few tips like, uh, hey, listen, go. Start sweating, start scoring. Uh, sweating men ooze testosterone, and it is a turn on for women. <laughs> <It's just> a... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> just what are we? What are we trying to promote here? Is it safe sex or is it just having sex? And uh, this, yeah. it, it, it's a very unique thing um, for India to to release this. So, um, if you're interested and you are in Mumbai. Uh, which is formerly known as Bombay, um, you can find this in the uh, yeah. in the Google Play Store. In, and, in... and if you if you watch this show and you're in Mumbai and you've seen this app, we'd love to get some feedback on it and and what your thoughts are on it. So yeah, feel free to reach out to Rob or I and, and let us know. You know, I don't I don't really want to know if you've used the app. I, I want to know. Um, well, I do want to know if you've used the app, but I want to know what the experience was with your significant partner that you were in the middle of this and then you jumped out and had to go and find the condoms. And I want to know what their reaction was like because that is much more fascinating than using an app to learn about sex but mm -hmm. i suppose that's the future and i have kids and that's what they'll be doing oh i shudder <laughs> i shudder <laughs> all, right, all right score so our second our second that's it i mean we're not going to be talking about sex booze we're drugs done. all that stuff is done uh unless it comes up later on because uh, i saw the wolf of wall street which is a dynamite film and it was full of the excesses of absolutely everything excessive length excessive sex excessive drugs so maybe that's where I'll end it here. Go see The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Second story. Second story. Uh, so th this is a really interesting uh, thing, a really interesting innovation. It, it's a it's a product called Eclipse. Um, yes. And uh, it's just letter Eclipse, uh, developed by a, a, a group called uh, Cooper Union uh, and a student uh, named Alyssa Davis in particular that put this thing together. And so what Eclipse is, is it's described as a rapid coat retrieval system. So we're talking about coat checks here. And so, you know, yes, I mean, hey, we're, we're all used to going to, you know, events and, and, and places. And, you know, you, yes, you got the coat check and you get your little paper tag and you show up at the end of the night if you didn't lose it along the way and say, you know, here's my thing. And then they go and they try and find that number and match it up. Well, Eclipse tries to make that process a little bit more um, 
reliable, let's say. So what happens is, is when you come in and you check your coat, they basically do a, um, uh, a, a stamp on your, on your hand that is kind of light sensitive um, uh, on your wrist. And little, uh, this little stamp on your hand. So when you show up, they, they scan this thing and then they, they retrieve the number from that. They punch it into a tablet and then that number is then associated with a little um, uh, widget, for lack of a better word, that gets clipped onto the coat. And when, the, when they punch that number into the tablet, it lights up on the coat rack um, so that they can quickly go and find that coat and, and retrieve it and bring it to you. Really cool, really simple. I mean, like you have to, like I look and go, well, why, you know, who, why didn't somebody come up with this sooner? Like it's just so, so easy. Why nobody did? Because everybody looks at it and thinks, well, it's just too simple. There's no yeah. way that you can innovate on this. But yeah. there is, I, I think about this, you know, is it too expensive? Right. So to, I mean, yeah. is that prohibitive? Because like an estimate could do the same thing, couldn't it? Couldn't, I mean, if you had a thousand estimates, wouldn't it be like a 10 bucks a pop? Wouldn't it be, you, you could do that as well? Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Is you know, I mean, even estimate, right? I mean, the price point per unit is still high, right? Yeah. So this is using LED. Uh, I don't know if that's you know significantly cheaper than you know using a, a Bluetooth low energy device or not. But you know, I, I, I love, love this the innovation. It's strong. The concept is is super strong here. I love it. Yeah. And then you you know you think about the marketing implications around this potentially, right? In terms of you know how brands could you know attach themselves you know you know alcohol brands you know here here we are back no, to the alcohol not the booze. guys alcohol brands this week in booze at parties at events you're attending um, you know or or score you know could yeah. could attach themselves to this you know from a marketing perspective and kind of you know um, underwriting that co-check cost or what what have you so could yeah, be exactly. interesting. Well, the stamp's ultraviolet, right? So, I mean, you yeah. can picture in a dance club where you, you put your hands up and if they still do that. Exactly. They, they did that yeah. in my youth back, you know, yeah. 30, 40 exactly. years ago, right? Yeah. Where, yeah. where you can do that. Uh, and and uh, it's uh, for, it's fascinating. Anyways, I think that they're attacking a problem that, that nobody really thinks about, but ultimately everybody hates it at the end of the day. And if they could do this for parking at uh, baseball stadiums or hockey stadiums at the end of the game, I'd love that as well. Make it yeah. faster. Absolutely. Cool. Eclipse. And, and that's uh, Alyssa Davis, and, and uh, you've been seeing the video playing in the background here, or in the foreground. But it, I mean, it just—it's a fascinating, fascinating, fascinating approach. It just means to me that there's nothing that can't be disrupted with this technology. Pretty cool. All right, our third story. Love it. Our third story, Asif. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a little bit uh, confused about this because uh, Yellow Pages uh, bought this company, their first acquisition called Sense Networks. I tried to get to SenseNetworks.com, and uh, it wasn't working. It, it, the website was not up. Um, I, I couldn't connect to it, but they bought these guys. This is a location-based ad uh, company. I'm, I'm right on that, right? That, that That's what Sense yes. Networks is? Yeah, ad, ad targeting platform. They have yeah. an ad targeting platform. They're 10 people. They've been around for 10 years, raised $10 million. Uh, what is the significance of this? Because Yellow Pages, you know, they talk about the transformation that they're making from, you know, traditional print into digital. And uh, this is their first acquisition since really forming, I, I guess it was a merger between AT&T Advertising Solutions uh, and AT&T mm -hmm. Interactive. So this is this is the new YP. 2012 is when they did this. 2014 is when they make, make an acquisition, and they think that they're moving quickly. Yeah, I mean, you know, speed is uh, relative. You know, obviously, overstated <laughs> here. I mean, this this is um, obviously YP needs to do something. I mean, I yes. wouldn't say I wouldn't say they're moving quickly, but is but this, this it? You know, 
Well, I think it's part of the picture, right? I mean, I think, you know, YP, uh, you know, we're, they've always been strong as in small, medium business and, and all those lo like little local merchants that want to get listed in, in, but in the been, book, right? But those guys have and been traditionally Luddites, you know, low, slow to technology, right? So they're, they're picking off the low hanging fruit. And so maybe that gives, buys them some time. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so so they you know they've transitioned from you know a print book where all those lo local businesses were in it. That was the only way to be found. Yeah. You know, and kind of got eclipsed by you know the Googles and the Foursquares and the kinda. Yelps and yes. and everybody else from a digital perspective, going after that same market. They they then you know kind of launched their own app solution over the last few years and have caught up a little bit uh, and and a fairly I, I would say solid web solution not necessarily app solution but a web solution that's strong I mean you know yellowpages you know dot com or or yp dot com or dot ca or whatever these are services that get used by a lot of people right yeah um, so so you know I think there's still significant revenue coming from that aspect of the business. Um, but the Sense Networks thing is interesting because Sense Networks uh, has always focused on big national brand advertisers, not local businesses. And so this potentially, you know, the argument or, or what YP is saying is, is this will help us, you know, move from just focusing on the local uh, small medium business market and move into, you know, approaching national advertisers as well and widen our, our base from a, a revenue perspective. So could work, um, but I think it's just one piece of, of, the, of the picture. I wish they would paint a bigger picture for us because, uh, you know, David LeBeau, sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name, says he's a senior vice president yeah. and GM at YP's National Markets Group. So it makes sense for him to be looking at this, obviously. Um, but he, he said that, uh, that this deal shows YP's shift away from traditional publishing and towards placing a premium on technology. Uh, and he says that our transformation is well underway. And I, you know, yeah. I have a hard time believing that, a, that an acquisition of a 10-person company that's been around for 10 years that has raised $10 million and has been in, in acquisition talks with, with, uh, with Twitter and that didn't happen uh, is really a transformation. Two years after the company's formed is really a transformational piece in, in YP's uh, puzzle here. Yep. Uh, and, and this coming from a company that really has, at, at one point, cornered the market on business listings, right? And location. Yes. They are, next to the post office, you know, the biggest owner uh, database of location uh, for, mm -hmm. for businesses. So, uh, you know, this is, this is shocking to me. And, I, you know, when I read this, when you posted it, I was like, YP is still around? It's like, it's shocking. Yeah. Yeah, the, the interesting thing is, uh, so Greg Sterling, who we both know um, from and has his blog Screenwork, uh, uh, reached out to these guys and 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 asked them directly, um, you know, wh what do you what are you expecting to get from this capability wise? Yeah. Um, and so the guy wrote back uh, to Greg, and I'll, I'll quote him. and says he says, um, with this acquisition, YP now has a best in class platform to develop audience and location targeted display products. Sense provides unique access to mobile user behavior and lifestyle attributes such as shopping habits, dining preferences, leisure activities, yeah, and highly accurate demographics. So, I guess what they're what they're arguing is is that you know they don't have that that kind of national aggregate demographic stuff. Um, I don't wow. know. I, I don't that, believe it myself. That's but, shocking, um, man. Because you know what? If if they're like, how successful can Sense Networks be if they're a ten-year-old, ten-person startup? Yeah, that nobody's ever freaking heard of, and that Twitter turned away, turned down. They can't be the leading anything at this point. It, two, you know, six years into this in, in industry, like I just, I, I there's got to be another something, right? There's got to be like, they well, I mean, this. there's something there, right? I mean, Twitter looked at it, 
you know, whether they moved ahead with the deal or not, yeah. uh, you know, we don't know why, right? Um, you know, YP's done a deal here. These guys have raised $10 million. They, There's got to be strength in IP and technology here because, you know, a 10-person organization is a 10-person organization in 10 years, yes. right? Um, so, but but platform-wise, there's got to be strengths here. There's got to be capability here. Other YP wouldn't have done this deal. So I love it. I still think it's just a piece of the picture. Um, and, uh, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if your uh, sense networks, hey, man, Good deal. Yeah, take the money. But you know, I don't believe that any of that money goes to the founders with a $10 million, 10 person company. And they said that, they said it's, Labau also says, Labau says that we know it's not a 10 person problem, it's a 30 person problem. It's like, fuck that, it is a 300 person problem. Right. Like, that's what that's what worries me is that, you know, this, if that's, this, they think that 10 or 30 and a bunch of technology is going to fix this problem or get them back into the game, th yeah. they've just spent a whole lot of money or a little bit of money that is a waste because they don't have the vision. So I, I don't mean to be critical of this, but Holy cow! I, like, I'm impressed that Yellow Pages is still alive, but this is not uh, this is not any indication that they get this business. So yes, there's probably technology available in, in sense, and uh, hopefully YP knows what the hell to do with it. Yes. There you I, go. All right, first three stories. Uh, great guest. Uh, I, we caught up with uh, Lawrence Coburn, who is the founder of a company called Double Dutch. And talk about transformation that this company's gone through over the last three years. It is amazing. They had three lines of businesses, three lines of business that were doing exceptionally well. Two on purpose, one by happenstance. And what did they do? Lo and behold, they took the one by happenstance and made that their business and dumped the other ones. They, went, they, they had two enterprise plays and then they had this events thing this location-aware events play. And that was the one where the, everybody was asking for services and they kept on ignoring it. And all of a sudden, that is their business. They dumped the other two. And I sat down with Lawrence to ask him about this, among other things. This episode will be up on Thursday in its entirety on Untether.tv. But he, here's a clip of Lawrence explaining that whole process of going through this very, what I would say is gut-wrenching, tumultuous decision to go with this events focus as opposed to anything else that was actually making money and the impact on it. The, you you got to listen to this episode because the impact from their investors and their staff and what did that all do when, when he just said, no, we're going over here from where they were. So here's Lawrence Coburn, the founder of Double Dutch. Awesome guy, awesome company. Loved this episode. So enjoy this little clip and then come back on Thursday to watch the entire thing on untether.tv. Here's Lawrence. How are you marketing this out to people? Yeah, our approach has been to go after a uh, an important logo in, in target verticals. So once we got Cisco, mm -hmm. um, we could go after other Valley tech companies and they were reassured by the fact that Cisco was already using yeah, but how us. Do you, how do you close Cisco? Just relationships that you have, yeah. board members, that kind of stuff? I mean, it's it, the intro is important. It's a lot of hustle. It's a lot of, uh, I mean, you got to find wait, the, there's There's hard work involved? Yeah. No, I mean, the, no. You have to find the, the early adopters and the, the entrepreneurs within these companies. Every big company has folks that would rather be doing a startup. You got to find those people oh, yeah. and convince them you're going to be the one. They're going to be the one to bring the cool, sexy new app into the into the company. So, uh, and, and then it kind of spreads like that across all all platforms. And you've got sales guys that are out there now selling, obviously. Yeah, we do. We have an aggressive sales team. Um, we're doing a lot on the marketing side as well. Um, there's a viral component to our sales, which is fun. It's not so much, it's, it's very hard to jump users from event to event. Mm -hmm. um, right. But in terms of jumping sales, so every one of our apps gets a about this app um, feature. Mm -hmm. And if you tap on that, it says this app was powered by a double edge. And if you tap on that button, say, tell me more, we're automatically grabbing 
your contact information because we know who you are from the app. So there's no lead form. It's a single tap like, tell me more. Yeah. So when we do some of these big public trade shows that are influential, you get a lot of event organizers there. And so every deal that we get begets more deals. Yeah. So there's not a lot of cross. I mean, I love that approach, this, the simplicity of that, uh, obviously, because you have their credentials. And as long as it's very clear that you're doing that, the and, and, I'm, and I'm absolutely positive it is the, the uh, what about you said that there's not a lot of crossover, right? So a lot of people, I think the challenge with event applications is that you download it, you use it during that time frame, right? So per, huge use maybe for those three days, maybe a little bit before as you're planning the event and then a little bit after to remember the event, but it's kind of maybe five days of life at the top end and then it disappears and it's deleted. Um, now, most people would look at that and say, well, that's a negative. And early on in the event app world, they said, well, listen, now that it's on your on the, the user's screen, you can communicate them with them throughout the, the entire year till the next event, but that's not happening, is it? Um, it's starting to happen more and more. So I think when we first started, it was very much a disposable app. Yep. So we are working hard on our customer success side right now to show the things that can be done to engage people pre-event and post-event. Good example of that is we're powering, we just powered an app for uh, Tony Robbins. Do you know who that is? He's yeah. the yeah. executive coach and the inspirational speaker, and he's a great guy, amazing guy, huge loyal fan base. And so what he's done is after his event ended, he's actually come up with a 15-day challenge of how what people are gonna how people are gonna apply the learnings that they took away from the event. And so every like they're they're seeing massive post-event engagement as, these, as people share their stories within the app, and it's amazing to see. And we're gonna we're trying to apply things like that across different customers. But I mean, your focus is really to make sure that those days are absolutely amazing. The app is flawless. The relationships are created and your client, the, the event coordinator or the event uh, producer gets the data that they need in order to be able to make their event better, right? That's your goal, is it? I mean, I mean, that's it. So, yeah. I mean, our dream customers are, are companies like SAP who we're yeah. working with who throw 1,200 events a year. So yes. for them, there's no there's no downtime. There's every week there's multiple events happening. And I, and I think eventually we will get to the point, I mean, we are a bespoke app. So every one of our customers gets their own app, like mm -hmm. SAP can deliver all of their events within a single app, for example, but we're doing, we're not using the same app for Cisco that we use for SAP, for right. example. Right. So we are bespoke, but we're also a, a SaaS company. So everything is running off the same database. So even though the app containers themselves are different, we're able to get benchmarks across all of our deployments. And I think eventually we're going to get to the point where we can say, hey, Rob, you know, we saw you at that. We, we saw you at Cisco Live, but, you know, we also saw you at Interop. And then we also saw you at Game Developers Conference. And so we can start to learn about you. And I think where we're going to get really tough to beat is when we have a big enough footprint that we start to see that repeat usage. Because then what we can do is we can almost deliver Amazon-style recommendations. So, Rob, when you drop down into Las Vegas for, I don't know, for CTIA or something, you're getting a list of recommendations like, here are the people that you should meet, mm -hmm. here are the companies that you should see, here are the products that you should demo, and here are the sessions you you should go to. So it becomes more of a concierge uh, approach. And even though we are doing these standalone apps, the, the volume of knowledge, the, 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 the body of knowledge that we're developing across all of our deployments is able to add value to the user experience. And so just to give you a sense of where the industry is at, there's 20 million events that happen per year around the world. Massive, massive number. In the history of the world, there's only been about, I don't know, 10,000 native apps deployed. We've done over 1,000 of those. Um, and maybe the number goes up to uh, 200,000 if you consider mobile web apps. 
everyone else is still using paper. Mm -hmm. Not too many people would argue that all that paper is going to go is not going to go away or is going to go away. Um, so all that stuff is digitizing, and once our footprint gets bigger, we'll be able to do some of those cross-event recommendation things we're talking about. Lawrence Coburn, ladies and gentlemen, he is the founder of Double Dutch. Go to doubledutch.me and uh, check out what they're offering and then come back on Thursday to watch the entire episode on untether.tv. You don't want to miss this. He's just a he's, smart, he's, smart guy. He's a super smart guy. Frank, Love him. Um, like, can you imagine having three businesses like this and then, and then you know, having to decide on the one that you've reluctantly kind of ignored for two years and then it's, it's, the, it's, it's what you're doing now? I, anyway, so impressed with these guys. So doubledutch.me and Lawrence Coburn. I thank him, obviously, for coming on and, and for being a part of the show. There you go. Yeah. All right. Our, uh, our fourth story today comes to us from Digby Mobile, uh, and they've launched a new version or what they call Local Point 2.0 um, uh, as their latest kind of iteration of the platform. And, and really, it, it's, it's some repackaging and a little bit of new, new technology around, you know, sort of the, the original offering. Uh, and it's kind of jumping on, you know, this big desire, you know, uh, from the marketer and the advertiser, the agency, uh, the brand, you know, to have better analytics, better demographics, better ability to measure the effectiveness of location-based campaigns and so on. And so, you know, we've seen that we've talked about this from Place IQ, we talked about this from Factual, we talked about this from others. So that's really what Local Point 2.0 is trying to address. And, and we certainly see that demand here with all the brands that we work with. You know, the event running in Toronto on the 30th is all about that uh, discussion. So basically the, the elements of this platform are what they call profiles, which is um, linking context and relevance um, to a location targeted message uh, and the attributes around that person and the device. So they're kind of creating context there tied to the message. Uh, they've got a, a piece called uh, Target Locations, which is, um, you know, looking at uh, the message itself and then how does that message translate to, you know, when it was delivered and, and did, did somebody, you know, end up in the targeted, you know, store or, 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 or a physical location that you wanted them, intended them to go to. Um, so, you know, about actually measuring the traffic driving ability of the campaign. Uh, they've got something called bridge, which I think is really, you know, the, the critical piece for me here is, is, is the bridge piece, which is the integration of local point with other systems in a business. So tying it into your offer management, your CRM, your Very important. Sale, your loyalty. Yeah. This is where a lot of retailers and a lot of businesses fall down is it's one thing to do a campaign on a platform. But, you know, often that is standalone and it's not tied into all your other systems. And you really need true integration in order to make those things contextual, relevant, useful, you know, tied into the, the history of that customer's purchase patterns and, and what they've spent before and, you know, what other campaigns you've run on other media platforms and how you can bring those things together. So I like this bridge element. I think that's really interesting. And then all of it comes together in a, in a, in a console or a dashboard to sort of manage it. So really, uh, really slick in, in terms of how they package this thing together. Yeah, digby.com. Uh, you know, uh, what I love about that bridge is, is uh, you know, for anybody who, who's been in business for a long time, you have legacy data and, and the integration into legacy is so important. Don't try to go in there and sell something brand new and yeah. have, you know, forget about what you've got and then just use this new solution. You have to be able to, to talk to legacy systems or older systems and and that's what bridge does and so existing crm and point of sale uh point of sale systems i think are it's, it's so critical and but this seems like it's a it's a catch-up right so this is now leveling the playing field in this industry right so mm -hmm. they've 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 
caught up. Digby's up there with it. Well, with w- well, they've been there, right? Yeah. And the, I think the bridge piece is is, is unique, right? And I don't think everybody really does that yet, uh, or does it well even. Yeah. Um. So, so I think that's interesting, and I think the other stuff is really just you know, you know, great packaging and functionality yes. around giving you know those marketers the kind of targeting um, that that they're looking for. Well, it's good. So if you're interested in that, go to digby.com. We'd love to, we should have these guys on and, and talk a little bit deeper about this as a guest. So we're going to try to line that up. We say that all the time and then we, we kind of forget. But uh, so for you who are listening or watching, if you'd like to hear a little bit more about Digby, reach out. Rob at untether.tv or Seif at the LBMA.com. Yeah. It'll show us a little bit of uh, demand side here if you want to hear these guys. Hey, and if you have a suggestion for a guest that you'd like a little bit more information, do the same thing. Okay. Talk to us. There we go. All right, uh, you know, I, it's it's funny because I always thought that this goes back a ways. I think it was 1997. I was a 27-year-old kid back then. Uh, mm-hmm. And Internet Magazine back in the day wrote this article about uh, the the, uh, the connected car or pervasive or ubiquitous uh, Internet yep. back then. And it was, I, it was revolutionary at the time. And I wrote a letter to the editor. And I think I've mentioned it here probably because I start repeating myself after 100 episodes. We've done 164. But where I wrote a letter and say, I can't wait to the day where my my car is an internet connected device on the network. Basically, I can do anything from within my car. If I'm on the way to a movie theater, I can go and buy a movie ticket. If I'm on the way and I don't have a place to stay, I can buy, I can find and rent a hotel room, right? Maybe with a little bit of a, you know, I'm trying to find a score condom. I'm trying to find a hotel room, a little good combination of those, whatever. Yeah. Right, right? you know but so uh, at CES, this is a theme here. Uh, Chevy has teamed up with Priceline to offer this, uh, you know, the OnStar service where you push a button and, and you can talk to a to a um, you know a, somebody on the other end of the line, magical voice that comes to you. Uh, you can now this partnership. You can now book hotel rooms through the OnStar or through the uh, Chevy app system. So if you have an app-enabled car, you can download the Priceline application in your car and then uh, find a hotel room that is at a reduced price at the last minute. They say that most of their uh, after six bookings come from mobile and no kidding that's Mm -hmm. that's a logical thing but here is a combination of your car the onstar network which is a human and then the app environment inside of your car which we think is obviously this great dash uh, dashboard uh the automobile all of a sudden you've got this opportunity to go and rent a hotel room now from the road i think it's awesome i I think it's i'm surprised this wasn't done sooner by onstar i mean like i mean not the app piece, but you know the the ability to just simply click and use your OnStar. Well, I mean, the OnStar has been OnStar you know, the be, leaders in this space from day one. They should be your concierge. That's that's yeah. the, that's the feeling here, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I I think this 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 is the kind of thing that can get a lot of play. I mean, we know that last minute bookings for hotels uh, yeah. is huge, huge revenue for 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 the for the industry. Um, and you know, you can just see the number of times where you know you're stuck in a storm. Or you know you're you know you're stuck in you know in traffic or you know you're you're on a big road trip and you, you haven't pre-booked your stuff because you don't know how far you're you're gonna get that day. Yeah. You know any any of those scenarios. You know if you're driving a Chevy now, you just hit that button and it's like here you go, Priceline hooked up and we can find you the you know a good deal on a hotel nearby. I mean I think this is slick. Like it makes sense. It does. It does. You know uh, there's uh, there's part of me that says well look I got a mobile phone. 
You know, so why don't I just yeah. synchronize my mobile phone and I can use Hotel Tonight or something like that? Um, but but there's a key thing here is that I think the differentiator here is that OnStar is, you know, for people that I talk to, I've, I've interviewed the folks from OnStar and yeah. uh, I'm impressed with this technology. I love this technology, right? They're the first company to offer the ability to, if you lost your car keys or you've locked the car keys in your car, they, they can open your car door, right? It's, it's freaking cool. But the, the key thing is that they seem to have uh, dropped off to obsolescence as a result of uh, Ford Sync, which is a Microsoft product, right? You see much more of them. Yeah. But here is an opportunity with a button that's built into cars to be able to create that concierge service. So why can I not book hotel? Why can I not book flights? Why can I not book, uh, you know, get movie tickets or show tickets or whatever it might yep. be? Or hotel reservation, not hotel, res re restaurant reservations, all that kind of stuff. That to me is their huge differentiation. So when everybody goes to automation and and all that kind of stuff that happens because of the smartphone and, and apps, yep. Go go the exact opposite way. Give me somebody that I push a button and I can say, listen, right. I need a hotel room right now. Customer service. Customer service. service right? So I'm hoping that what this means for Chevy is this is a, a, a you know, a, a, you know, a going in that direction, really, about customer service and humans. Humans yeah, are important. So Priceline, hotel bookings. Maybe it's just the beginning. I hope. All right. So I, I'm going to introduce this one because I am reading one of the best books uh, I'm uh, listening to actually on audible.com. I highly recommend this. It's called Hatching Twitter by Nick Bilton. It is, uh, I mean, I heard uh, Leo Laporte rave about it. I heard everybody rave about it and I said, okay, I'm going to listen to it. Um, and it is about um, the, you know, the early days of Twitter and how it was built. So all the guys, Jack and Biz and Ev, coming mm -hmm. together to, and this guy Noah, who I had no idea who he was, but uh, I mean, a I'm two thirds of the way through this book. It is a riveting, terrible, gut-wrenching, horrific story about the, the birth of Twitter and backstabbing and pricks and dicks and cocksuckers, really every one of them, quite frankly. Um, but here, here's a story about one of the co-founders of Twitter launching something new. My name is Biz Stone and I'm a co-founder and CEO of Jelly. My friend Ben Finkel and I, um, we like to go on these walk and talks. I said, Ben, what if we had to build a search engine? Not, you know, a decade ago, 15 years ago, but in today's landscape, today's technology landscape, how would we do that? something like that? Right away we started coming across something that feels very different than anything that was out there. We stumbled upon this concept that everyone's mobile, everyone's connected, so if you have a question, there's somebody out there who knows the answer. Jelly is a new way to search. It uses photos and people from your social networks to get you answers. For example, you might be walking along outside somewhere and you may see something that's just really strange or curious or compelling or interesting and so you just take a picture of it. Maybe you circle it and you say, what is this thing? I got four answers. I swipe up. It turns out it's called The Spire by the artist Andy Goldsworthy. This is from Kevin. By using both your network and your extended network, there's just an incredible amount of knowledge and information that Jelly gives you access to. So you send your question out, and either someone you know directly has the answer for you, or they know someone who knows the answer, and that person can answer for you. You're helping people by answering their questions, or even just by forwarding their questions. What it's doing is it's going out there and it's pulling knowledge, things that your friends and their friends, they know. And, and, and that's a key difference because knowledge is very different from information. People will be eager to help each other on Jelly because we are driven to help. That long-term idea of making the world a more empathetic place is something that really drives us and makes us just really excited about the work.
Yeah, this is pretty interesting. So this is Biz Stone, um, you know, well-known guy in the industry. You think? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I guess Jack launched his new thing a couple of weeks ago, so Biz had to do something to yeah. kind of stay, you know, stay relevant, right? So he launched this thing called Jelly, um, and you know, I think the name is cool. Um, yep. And um, isn't there? There was a uh, an Australian company called Jelly, and I wonder what they do app development. And and uh, I interviewed them on Untethered TV. I wonder if there's a if they, there's a challenge here with that name on a global scale. But um, yeah, who knows? But anyway, so Je Jelly's interesting. So basically, it's a mobile app, um, and it lets you ask questions to people in your social network based on pictures that you post. Um, so you, you know, and the example that he gives here, uh, or that he that he demoed, uh, is is that he snapped a photo of a, of a piece of art in San Francisco, and then asked his network what it was, and he got about you know a couple dozen people that basically you know chimed in and answered the question. Um, you know, and when I read this story and I saw this uh, discussion around this, like the first thing that jumped into my mind was this company called Local Mind that we've talked about, you know, Lenny. It's, it's, it's been a while, Lenny Richinski and, and that whole crew, yep. which was, you know, originally when we brought them up, they were still, you know, working out of Montreal and uh, all of that. And then they moved to San Francisco to kind of, you know, be in the hub of, of activity. And then got that resulted in, in, they got acquired by Airbnb yep. and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but that's what Local Mind was. It was, you know, not based on photos, but you could just ask a question. Uh, about a location. You know, about a location and people in that location could answer it. Um, now this is a little bit different because because what you know what what Biz is is saying here and, and I'm going to quote him here. He says, "You using Jelly to help people is as much more uh, important than using Jelly to search for help. If we're successful, we're going to introduce into the daily muscle memory of smartphone users everyone." that there's this idea that there's other people that need their help right now. So what he's saying is is this is about you know creating emo you know uh, uh, pulling the emotional elements of, of, out of people's need to help uh, and drawing that out into the consciousness of the mobile uh, the mobile society that hmm. we live in. Uh, you know drawing on that empathy uh, aspect that we all have in us which is an interesting take on it. I mean there's absolutely no business model that I can see around this. Um, unless we can start, you know, charging people for their thoughts. Um, but hey, you know what though? I, um, I, I look at something like this and, and, uh, I'm a member of clarity.fm. So it's a, you know, yep. it's a Dan Martell's new company. They just launched uh, version yep. 2.0 today. In fact, uh, when we're recording this on January 10th. Um, so he, he's looking at this as a model as well. He's added Q and A, which is very specific industry-based questions and answers. Where and yep. I've answered a bunch of these questions. Just I'm compelled to simply because it's Dan and it's because it's uh, you know I think it helps raise profile. And maybe there's something that Biz can do with this around that kind of thing, where there's a free layer and then there's an in-depth layer. So the uh, the on clarity, the the Q and A is free. But yeah. if you want to go deeper with me, you pay me five bucks a minute and I'll, and I'll answer any question you want, right? Or you can just leave it, a question here at untether.tv forward slash talk, and yep. I will answer it for free. But uh, so I, maybe there is a business model here. When they started Twitter, there was no business model. Um, and, uh, sure. you, you know, maybe there still isn't, but the company's, you know, valued at a billion plus dollars now. And, and, uh, and you know, there's, there's certainly a, <clears throat> a, uh, an opportunity for them to j drive revenue. So uh, this is absolutely positively a, uh, you know, if you're building your own social network, you need a lot of people, right? 
Oh, I, I, I don't disagree with it at all. I mean, and I wouldn't bet against Biz uh, on this one. I mean, I, I think it's, it's got it's got some merits, right? It, it's, you know, and if it's truly about engaging, you yeah. know, people uh, and drawing the citizen citizenry in, uh, like Twitter, you know, I think this has a shot. You know, how we monetize it down the road, well, who knows? But they get bought. Yahoo buys them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's interesting because uh, when you think about it in in concept in, in context of uh, something like Instagram, uh, I, you know you could play it into this because a lot of pictures I you know I scroll through Instagram regularly every day I go through and I see what's going on and yep. and I have questions about what I'm looking at often right so because some people mm -hmm. just ridiculously just post a photo and they don't yeah, tell you that context it? yeah so maybe there is that play um, but you know what I just I, read read this book hatching Twitter and you'll get an entirely different context of uh, of who these guys are it's amazing that they're that uh, that they actually let this book get published because it doesn't paint them in a very good light all of them um but uh so i i you know i'm kind of mixed I'll, I'll i'll finish the book and then i'll understand i'll see if i can commit to jelly and i but i think the biggest challenge here is that i don't believe this is a long-term platform which i have a hard time investing any of my emotional or intellectual capacity into something i don't believe will be around yeah. in a year right because it's happened so many times so you know a, a year from now if Jelly is still around, I will invest in that. But I don't want to be the guy that builds the network, that builds the value for them to be able to go out and get bought. I'm, I'm not into that anymore. Yep. Right? Unless they pay me. So, uh, Jelly, go go check it out. I wish I had a URL. Do I have a URL for that? Yes. Jelly.co. J-E-L-L-Y dot co. There you go. Yeah. So or ask, Je ask Jelly on Twitter, I think it is. Ask Jelly. Isn't that yeah. funny? Man, but uh, you know what? Hatching Twitter, go! It, it's just fascinating. It's going to be a great movie. Yeah, it's going to be Facebook, the you know social network. It's going to be great. All right, there those are the, those are the six stories plus two recommendations: Hatching Twitter and The Wolf of Wall Street. Go, go, go! Get those. Uh, you know, we've had yeah. a conversation with uh, Lawrence Coburn. We have uh, had our mobile minute with Chuck, and we're going to bookend this entire episode. With, it's like the Chuck Show, right? Our resource it of the is. week, Asif. Chuck is, Martin. Uh, an article on uh, Media Post uh, or Mobile Shop Talk uh, by Chuck Martin. Yes. 77% um, of shoppers are okay with sharing location for targeting. If. Bing. If. if. There's a big if. Yes. Um, so there's some good data in here. Uh, and this came, this came up back uh, before before the holidays, actually. And I just kind of put it away uh, and, and uh, you know, was waiting for, you know, a, a time to share it. So here here we go. Um, yeah, so 77% uh, of customers would be willing to share their smartphone location as long as they received enough value in return, according to a new study. Um, and this is uh, research now uh, for uh, was funded by Swirl, which is a uh, you know uh, a technology startup in in, in the industry. Um, so yeah, I mean I think that th these are strong numbers, right? I mean these are numbers that are saying yeah, you know it's all about relevance. It's all about you know context it's all about you know giving somebody something that they want and then they're they're happy to share their location we've always said that right mm -hmm. uh, and the numbers are certainly backing it up yeah and and this is everybody has a price right and i think that absolutely this is a perfect example of uh you know i posed a question a little while ago on twitter is that do you do you think that your retail application does exactly what it should does it do too much or does it not do enough and and i think that if retailers look at this and think you know what they are willing these are the triggers that I can use to actually get the conversation going when they're inside my spot, which is the most important thing, right? Mm -hmm. Just because they're there doesn't mean they're going to close. 
And I think that's... Yeah, but you, you also need to be able to... I, I mean, I think this is great. And I think the numbers, you know, are, are, are very encouraging yeah. for anybody doing this. But I think, you know, the, the, the other side of the coin is, is you know, yes, you, you can deliver relevant... Uh, if it's contextually relevant and, and, and it's based on location, people are going are gonna to respond. But you, you need to have something for them to respond to. And it needs to be, you know, you need to make sure that you can actually deliver on that. We've got a poll on, our, on the LBMA site right now that says, have you ever tried a, to redeem a mobile coupon or offer at a store and, and have that fail? Well, 64.71% of the people who responded to this said, yes, oh. they've had it fail, right? <laughs> so... Right, so it doesn't matter sometimes if you can deliver this and they're willing to trade their location data for for the offer. If you can't actually execute on that, then you know what's the point? Oh my God, that's that's terrible, isn't it? It's like um, a mobile minute this past week that I did with uh, with Chuck was around his experience with ISIS as a mobile yeah. wallet. It's same thing is that you know he had to go through hell to get it to actually you know initiate the wallet and then when he walked into all the retailers that were supposedly a part of ISIS and accepted ISIS as a uh, as yeah. a mobile wallet, none of them knew what he was talking about. No. Right? So No, I mean and that's that's the thing, right? It, it's you know there's lots of these companies where you know deals are done, you know, with like, you know, one or two people in the company and the rest of the organization has no clue. No clue. What's so, going on? So sad, man. Well, this is a good resource and you can find it what, what should we are you going to put this up at the research uh Yeah, we'll throw it up under research there. Okay. Yeah. And of course you go to uh on tether.tv and this is episode number 164 of this week in location based marketing, you'll find it there. And uh, there is a day there is a mobile minute that will come up uh that will be about this as well. Obviously, uh, you know, I, I tap Chuck for everything that he's worth and throw it out for you for free. I do all the effort, you do all the listening just there like now, right? All right, that's it, man. Episode 164 done. I implore you guys who are listening to this right now, who found this by accident, maybe you've just, you're a brand new listener or you're a longtime listener. If you haven't subscribed uh, through your favorite podcasting software, it's really amazing. You go there, you sign up, you subscribe, and then every time there's a new episode, it arrives in that piece of software automatically. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to come to the website. You just hit play and go. Take us with you wherever you want. The gym, you know, the car, gardening, the bathroom. No judgment here, but I would do that. The other way to do this, of course, is sign up for our respective mailing lists at the LVMA.com or on Telegram TV. Mm -hmm. You will get notification that way. And please reach out any way, shape, or form. Rob at Untether.tv or at Rob Woodbridge, obviously on Twitter. Uh, Asif at TheLBMA.com or at Asif Arkan on Twitter. Reach out. Let us know what you think. Give us a question. We will answer the question here. Give us a suggestion. We will take them to heart. Uh, this is why we do this each and every week. And we appreciate it if you could just give us a little bit of feedback. It would, it would help, you know, pass the days. Not We wouldn't be so lonely. There you go. Something yes. like that. Please but, do. We love feedback. Yes, we do. So keep listening. Keep offering feedback. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week for episode number 165. See you later, everybody. Have a good see week. Ya.